Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And today, Lisa, um, I think you said our topic is going to be low-tech slash no-tech. What yeah. are we doing with the kids who don't have access? Yeah, I mean, we're hearing this over and over. It's a question I've been posed by like six different people already. You know, what if I'm homeless? What if I'm in a remote rural setting? What if I don't have bandwidth and we know lots of communities you know are really offering kids free bandwidth well that's great but if I have no device to get on the band uh, I'm just set there left with what's my least level of technology and if I don't have any what are our choices you got some thoughts there I can kind of kick it off with something I was thinking about which is kind of a crazy idea but one of the school districts I visited they actually had the PTA do a fun drive now you're like well who's going to do a fun drive can you imagine sending out a Twitter to the PTA saying if you have a device will you leave it in your mailbox wipe it off with a Lysol wipe an iPod and could we donate those to kids I know lots of schools are saying if kids don't have them but some schools don't even have the resources and finances to do that is that something the community could do I got two iPods sitting in my house somebody wants them let me know I'll wipe them off disinfect them leave them in the mailbox could we start to deliver those to kids and then if there's free access kids have it if that doesn't work where do we go Beck? Well, I was actually thinking about the same thing um, when I was driving down the road yesterday and I saw a Texas Roadhouse with a big outside umbrella tent. So no eating in. No eating <laughs> in. And what I realized is that they had made their own little makeshift kind of drive-through mm -hmm. and everybody was sitting in their cars uh -huh. and one by one people would walk up uh, presumably to pick up their orders or okay. maybe even to make orders. And it got me thinking, you know, is this a model that in these communities where there's really not tech access, could we have some drive up areas where kids could, you know, parents park, teachers take different shifts, um, kids can walk up and share information mm -hmm. that they just read that the teacher might have given the day before. Yeah. They can ask a question. They could do a quick oral assessment and maybe just to see a familiar face. And I, I think if we if we look at areas where it's not super rural and kids would have a chance to do that, maybe, maybe in church parking mm -hmm. lots, maybe in school parking mm -hmm. lots, maybe a wide variety of places. But I think we need to be really creative and look at what business is doing in, in some of these cases. What are they doing to meet the consumer needs? Because we're in the same boat. Yeah, and I even wonder about, you know, I was listening and I know that in some remote places, they're going to be mailing boxes of food to ki foods to kids. And I was really happy to hear that in a webinar I said on this week. And so, you know, if a two-week supply of food came, could we not only have a mail forward, but a mail back? So here comes your packet and here's your way to send it back. And again, you and I aren't big fans of worksheets, but they could be really practical things like go out in your yard and, you know, uh, take a dandelion and blow it and count the number of dandelions that grow the next day. Or, you know, pull up a, a piece of grass and where's the root to the grass? Now pull up a weed and what's the difference in the root? Take a picture or draw a picture and so now when the food is delivered so does their learning and when the then the kid gets an envelope to mail it back so again I think those are the kind of things that we have to think super simple uh, because families are already overburdened and kids really in those communities that don't have access to technology 
probably don't have access to solve that problem. We need adults to solve that problem for them. Not because they're not great kids. They just need somebody. I grew up in a rural community. I can't even imagine um, my bus ride was a 30 minute bus ride. I wouldn't take in a bus to go to the Texas Roadhouse <laughs> to learn, learn as you go stand. But at the same time, I did know how to use the mail. Um, I did know how to communicate and I might have been able to get access if somebody would have given me the tools. I think that your your kickoff point about um, donated tools, PTAs, they're doing that even outside of these yeah. trying times. There's lots of schools that do that for kids who simply don't have access. And I think the key there, anything we can do that's mobile-based, that's phone-based. Yes. And if we had a nice uh, map Absolutely. for students of here are the places in your community that you know have hotspots that you can go and connect, and if we put some devices in kids' hands, then we can get back to some of those tools that we mentioned in earlier episodes, like Seesaw, um, that students can just simply upload their information, shoot it right to the teacher. Yeah, and again, phone, I mean, you know, <laughs> makes us a little old school. We remember the day when it had a cord, and it went zzz, 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 zzz. we don't do that anymore. Uh, but I do love the fact that if the PTA could even get phones, and why are we recommending the PTA? Again, here's why, 503C, non-for-profit, it's not owned by the school district, so it doesn't have to be tagged and located. It's really a gift. It's a gift to that kid, and that kid, if they lose it, we don't go through through the whole things that we might have to as a school district. And again, we're not talking your off-the-shelf technology. We're talking things that are in your drawers collecting dust. Um, so even just the access to a cell phone would allow some of those students to, to call in. I know that one of the universities I was talking to, their students in a, a rural site are actually, they're giving them hotspots. So they mm -hmm. can, they're giving them update, up, um, upping their data plans. So again, when you start to go to that lowest denominator, we think that's also good for kids with disabilities. Don't just assume they can always upload the high end. Maybe it's pick up the phone and actually call me, Becky, and say, Lisa, what are you thinking about those those weeds that you pulled up? Uh, again, we know that's what sort of virtual school does so well is they do those check-in and check-outs over phone calls with both parents and students. And I think that's really powerful and really does get rid of that basic access issue for most kids. And I'll be talking about that when we think about assessment in a future episode. That idea of oral assessments is definitely something that we should be thinking about moving forward.